0: Hey guys, just want to put a little note here. This episode of DNA Talk is a combination of three episodes from the YouTube version. The reason why I did this was because of the fact that I want to turn these three 10 minute episodes into basically one big 30 minute episode. And uh, it's easy actually because of the fact that these are talking about the same topic classes. So if you hear the audio change at some point in the episode, that's the reason why. Because of the fact that at that point I basically got a better way of recording myself. Anyway, hope you guys enjoy these episodes. And in the future, I might actually do classes this way. Instead of just doing one by one class, I might just do three of them at the same time. It makes it way easier for me, actually, because of the fact that it makes it so that I won't just have 10 minute episodes anymore. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Hey everyone, it's HR. Welcome back to DD Talk. Okay guys, just want to let you know, for the next couple of episodes, we're going to start diving into the classes of D&D. And this is really a lot of things because the fact, the classes are the most important part in D&D. They are what defines your characters and what gives them their abilities. Now, there are a lot of classes that go there. There are magic ones, and there are fighting ones mainly one i should say and there's something that combine the two really and they're a lot of fun they're a lot of fun to choose and honestly they can even make up the personality of your character this week we're going to start with one of the ones that I actually i personally first started with and that is wizards now wizards are a very powerful class they know every spell that exists in D, as long as it's in their spell book They're supposed to be people who have spent years training and fighting hard to learn the secret ways of magic. It doesn't come to them easily, they study hard and hard. They don't just wake up with spells, they have these spells written down to them. Either either in a spell book or on a piece of paper or anything that basically ways to keep the spells with them. Now you may be wondering, what's the downside to this class? Well, there are two downsides, I will say, that brings this class more balanced. Because of the fact they have high potential magic abilities, they have low everything else. Meaning that their AC and their health are pretty low. Meaning that they're the ones that they get hit, then they go down pretty easily. get knocked unconscious very quick, and it's not that hard to hit them. At least that's the general stereotype, I will say. It's still true nowadays. Legit, on my first session playing with a wizard, I was the first one to get knocked down in the first session, and I didn't get back up until the end of the fight. It was quite embarrassing. But that's what these wizards are. They're very powerful spell masters. Now, each wizard has a subclass. If you don't want know what a subclass is, a subclass is basically something that uh, it's basically like a class in a class, you know? It's a class that basically uh, helps differentiate each wizard. Th- each wizard, uh, it, basically, if you want to hone in on some uh, type of a, certain type of magic, then you can uh, then you can go in that class. Or if you want to hone in some type of fighting for melee classes, you can do that. You can do that here by going through the subclass. Now for Wizards, their subclasses are based on the spells, the type of spells that exist in the D&D world. There's evocation, there's illusion, there's chronomancy, there's necromancy, it list goes on and on and on. Uh, but you can focus on each type of spell and uh, sort of base it more around your character and how they want to act that way. Now what do you want to do for Wizards stat-wise? Stat-wise, you'll want to have wizards focus more on the intelligence and wisdom part of their stats. Mainly, when you're rolling for stats and you roll to see what number of stats you have, you want to go for intelligence and wisdom. Because that's where your magic is coming from. It's mainly coming from your intelligence. You want your highest stats to be intelligence. Your lowest stat, though... You might want to go with strength. But again, this is all based on what your character would want to do. If you want a powerful spellcaster who can summon magic but isn't that physically strong, then you might want to focus more on intelligence. But if you want a strong guy who honestly still wants to practice magic but isn't that well, like he just got into it, then you might want to go into strength. It all depends on what your character's backstory is and how you made them, I guess. How, how they look like it. Now spells are very simple, they're made up of spells. Wizards can use every single spell in the entire D&D world, all they have to do is just prepare it at the beginning of the day. They can't already use it, they have to say at the beginning of the day, okay I'll choose this spell and this spell and this spell. And they can only prepare a certain amount of spells based on their level and this is because they, they want to make sure that we're not too overpowered, or at least they, they want to make sure that we don't have the right spell for every moment. You have to try to guess and think about, okay, what spell am I likely going to use today or what spell might I need today? Now let's about spell slots. Spell slots are magic user's favorite friends. They're also their worst enemy. Because spell slots are basically what constitutes and how much energy your character has to use magic. And depending on the level you are, you have, different, you have a certain amount of spell slots for each level of magic. For instance, if you're level 1, you might have two spell slots for level 1 spells. And that's pretty much it. Once you cast three spells that day, you're done. Because that's how many spell slots you have. Although, there is one type of spells that you can cast as many times as you want. And really, it doesn't cost that much to use. In fact, it actually makes it so that you're not just hanging there dry not not able to do any damage. And these are called cantrips cantrips are essentially your life force in this game if you're playing a magic user because while spells can be great they can quickly run out if you are doing battle upon battle with cantrips you can use them for as long as you want as many times as you want of course given the amount of time it takes to cast them of course because you know you can only cast one spell per per turn in, in a combat scenario That's sort of how it works. Unless you're sorceress, but we'll get that next time. But don't go thinking cantrips are more powerful spells than actual spells, though. They're not. Uh, Cantrips can be powerful, but they're more or less sort of like a tiny burst of magic that sort of can help your scenario in a certain way. Like like it's sort of like it can perform mundane tasks, or it can even summon spells that can do damage, but not that much. Although it depends on the spell, we'll say because uh, Firebolt, Firebolt is a cantrip and that spell starts off pretty weak but the more you level up, the more damage that spell deals to the point where it can deal about uh, 2d10, 2D I think, at some point again, it all depends on what your class is I might be wrong about that <laughs> don't hold me to that okay, let's go over Looks now, when you think of Wizard, what do you normally think of? Thinking of an old man with a gray beard and a gray hat, and thinking, "Ah, you shall not pass!" Yeah! but really, that's not what all words are. It can be like that, but you don't have to be like that. Again, depends on what your character can be. You can make your character look like the my mind flayer guy here with the cloak and the vest, and honestly, looking badass. Or, or you can look, or you can look like, well, me. We're going to get t-shirts, some shorts, and, and, wearing, and wearing glasses while also not knowing what to do. Really, your character can look like anything you want. Again, it depends on the backstory. It doesn't really depend on the class at all, what your character looks like. No, that actually depends on the race and the backstory of your character. So don't worry about that. Now, you're probably wondering, if I'm going to play a wizard, what race should I choose? Again, don't go into this video for advice on that. Because that all depends on your character's backstory. That's up to you to decide. But if you're not sure what race you want to choose, or race can be changed and you don't care, here's some races that basically fit the wizard very well. There's elf. There's Shinasi. Surprisingly, there's Gnome. I never thought they'd be good for wizards. And of course, human. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, it doesn't that doesn't seem surprising actually. We seemingly want to be more magic related and don't have magic in us, so why not be wizards? each of these races sort of fill in for the Wizard role because of the fact that they increase the stats necessary for being a wizard. They make a wizard better, make, make him smarter, or just make him, well, healthier. Now, there's one thing you're probably wondering. It's, what if I want to be a wizard and I want to fight? Well, this is where you can do that. There's a sub-race for this actually called Bladesinger, which, believe it or not, is where you can be a wizard and a... Uh, fight it with a rapier now i will warn you this is only for elves if you it's only way for elves because it's an ancient elf tradition blitzinger is pretty cool uh again it's only for elves so sadly although really you can use it for humans and no one would care just run it by your dm i don't think they would care now the reason why i'm telling you guys all of this here is because of the fact that I want you guys to be be more prepared than I was when I first played as a wizard. Mainly because of the fact that I wasn't that well known in wizardry when I first played as one. Like I said in the beginning, when I first played a wizard, I died in my first session. I just I got knocked out really. Here's the thing though. One of the things I didn't know was I didn't know that you had to prepare your spells every day. I thought you just chose spells and those are the spells you used. For the rest of the campaign. Or at least until you level it up again. But now I know better. So for the first like. Good bit of my campaign. That I was playing. The first time. uh, I basically was using the same exact spells. Not knowing I could just change a spell. When I woke up. And basically. Getting better at using spells. Or at least having scenarios. Where I can have the right spell. For that scenario. (laughs) Without realizing it. It sucked. It sucked very hard. It wasn't until my DM told me, "Okay, did you prepare that spell?" "Uh, what do you mean?" He told me like what was going on, and I felt so stupid after that. So I'm here telling you guys this, so that way you guys won't feel stupid for not realizing that you can do this with wizards. Okay. Now let's move on to monks. Now, for those you don't know, a monk is basically a person who uses the fist and the ch- and the key in order to fight don't use magic well kind of it's a bit hard to explain for monks magic isn't really w- the same as what magic is to us they have what's called key key is a life energy to them it's sort of the energy that flows through them and powers the mystical arts it keeps them going and keeps them fighting basically every time so yeah but that's sort of what these guys do they're more punch based you know they don't use weapons some of them do actually some of them do use some weapons but that's only for Disney monks most of the time they use their fists and even then, when they use their fist, they get a lot of punches. The so same may be asking, why do monks use their fists? That's a very good question. The reason why is the fact that a monk's deadliest weapon are their hands. They can use a bow stat, they can use other monk weapons, sometimes they use a glaive as well. But a monk's favorite weapons are their hands because that's where they get the most punches. If they're not using another weapon, they can use their hands to basically attack an enemy a bunch of times and gain a lot of, uh, lot of damage in that one attack. Now, what's so special about monks? Well, the one thing special about monks is also the fact that they have very high speed. They're very fast, I would say. Not just for punching, but also with running and everything else, The movement is very high. Uh, when they increase in levels, the movement goes up by 10. It's when we you reach a level, or I should say, when we you reach a level, the it goes up by 10 and it continues onward. As long as they're not wearing a shield or any armor, they can continue increasing that level again and again and again. And it gets higher and higher. It's actually pretty amazing, you know? And also the fact that they're actually pretty smart as well. Considering the fact that they haven't spent a lot of time studying these martial arts, they actually are pretty smart and know how to strategize. Now you're probably wondering, what's the downside to this class? As the downside of the last class was very obvious, what's the downside to this one? Now, uh, downside of this class is the fact that it still sort of pulls from other classes. It mean that it sort of uh, it takes a bit, it takes a bit from fighter, takes a bit from uh, from rogue, and also takes a bit from uh, many other classes. But it doesn't get the full advantage of them, I should say. You know, you know, while you guys get more attacks, while you get a lot of attacks like fighter, they don't deal that much damage per attack, I should say. And while, yes, they get the sneak like a rogue, they don't also get the tools, the thieves tools that a rogue uses to sneak better to get into places. Basically, they're very limited. They can do a lot, but they can't, they don't have a lot to do, I should say. Now, one of the fun things about this, the fact that it does start off this, it does start off pretty slow, but as you get le- more and more leveled up, you do sort of reach that point where you can do... Cool things. Like if you've ever seen those old school karate movies then you know what I'm talking about. These things are basically uh, do things that seemly impossible. Like for instance, catch an arrow when it comes right at them. Or even uh, run up walls or again, seemingly punch a guy 50 times in 6 seconds. They're very fast and they're very keen. And that's what you can do at level 3 actually. When you reach level 3 of a monk, you can actually get a skill called Deflect Missiles. Which basically means that you can catch a missile that's coming towards you. Or should I say an arrow. You catch an arrow that's coming towards you and sort of block it. Or just uh, stop it, you know. It's pretty, it's pretty cool when that happens because it gives you a badass moment. Now these guys are still monks. Meaning that while yes, you can fight all you want. They still embody this sort of natural presence of peace. Of calmness. Of inner, of inner peace, basically, they have this natural embodiment of, like, yes, I have found a way to keep calm and to basically remain happy. Remain pure, I should say, not happy, but remained sound, safe in mind. So so a lot of times, when they, when they reach high, when they reach that certain level, they cannot be frightened, they cannot be scared. They can do things that basically, they can control their temper, their mood, I should say. That's a pretty cool aspect of the character, you know? Now you're probably wondering, what should I focus on ability score wise when I'm choosing this class? You know, when you when you roll for ability scores, what should uh, what should I put my highest number into? And really, this is going to be a point because if it's not obvious enough, you want to put your highest number not just strength, intelligence, or, or constitution. You want to put it into dexterity and wisdom because that's what the monk uses the most. They use dexterity and wisdom to help fight and help uh, help plan out attacks. You know, again, for speed and for strategies, that's what they do a lot of the times. Now, if you want to choose your own race for this, and again, this is up to you, it's based on your character's backstory. But again, if you want to choose a race that better suits a monk, you can always go with these ones right here. You got hero dwarves, you got stout halflings, you got a wood elf, and then you have variant humans. Now, regular humans, variant humans, they're very different. They got a tail, maybe surprisingly not that different from each other actually you know it makes sense you know i mean each one has their own uh place as to uh physical wise why you would go for a monk with those you know uh the wood elf seemingly is more agile and seemingly can move around faster while the dwarves and the halfling are more intelligent are uh, more wisdom based they, they know how to work around and how to come kind of with strategies the human one i that's what I'm kind of understand about. Maybe it's just the fact that it's a variant human. It's a, it's different, you know. Maybe, who knows? <laughs> now on to appearance. Now monks usually have a certain way of dressing. Now y- usually when you picture a monk, you usually picture what you've seen in the thumbnail, you know, uh, the whole the ghee and the headband and basically them going ha. But that can be and that cannot be what monks are. Now some people are very adamant on adding closer character some people don't want that I've seen many shirtless characters and it's funny that's usually for barbarians but we'll get back to that in another video uh, but with monks you do want to have a certain way of uh, of simple lifestyle simple clothing I should say you know you, you don't want armor on you because I can I can sort of help uh, sort of a uh, defeat your movement, it can sort of drag you down you don't want a shield because again that can drag you down and slow you down but also it doesn't add to your AC a lot as well. Uh, you sort of want light clothes, or hell, if you want, you can, go even, you can even go shirtless if you want. That's up to you and your character design. You just, want, you just want clothes that sort of make you go faster, sort of make your character flow through the air more. And that's what a lot of monkeys do. That's what, that's what you can do as well. Okay, I really recommend that. Okay, now let's move on to subclasses. If you're talking about subclasses, the subclasses for this one are not the way of magic, but they're ways. They're basically ways of... Uh, a fighting, you can go into. Uh, so, different mindsets, I guess you could say, you know? There's a way of mercy, there's a way of ascent dragon, there's a way of shadow, there's a way of astral stuff. It goes on and on and on. And these are the subclasses for them. They basically are different, uh, different findings of the mindsets that your monk can go into. And it helps. Uh, Bring in that character that foot sort so of way you can do this now, each subclass is different on their own and each one focuses on a different region You know a way of shadow is most stealthy and also you can use your shadows to help you fight Way of ash self is where you more or less are using your your Astral projection to Figure out your enemies and see you spy on them uh, And the list goes on and on but if you want to look more of this up, then please go ahead and do so But that's what these guys do. Uh, They basically keep on looking for different styles of fighting, you know, different ways, uh, different teachings, I should say, different teachings. And uh, that's sort of what you want to look for in this class. Now, it's that time, so I should probably tell you a story about a monk. Uh, Now, to be fair, I have not played a monk. This is one of the few classes I have not played. And the reason why is because I just haven't had the ability to make a character for this class yet. I've been trying to, I've been trying to make a character for it, but I just could never think of a character that would fit this class. Every other class, I've got a character I can think I could fit, I could fit them, you know? But this one, I don't have, because I just don't know if I can do it. The best I can do is think of one that's like, like a peace-loving one. Like who, who, a monk who's a passive. who doesn't want to fight, only, only does it when he has to. Uh, sort of like a- Ang from Avatar, you know. He fights in self-defense, but not to basically. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't fight just because. But I don't want to do that because one, that makes the game boring, and two, my teammates would hate me then because they'd be like, "Why aren't you fighting with us?" And they'd be like, and I'd be tell them, "I can't. It goes against my moral code. I seem like an asshole." I did have a friend who plays a monk, and he actually had a pretty good backstory. Uh, he played as a tabaxi monk and his backstory is actually pretty cool. He, he had this air of of regret and basically and basically uh, calmness around him. Like like you can tell that something happened to him in his past that he deeply regretted, but that he like even though he even though he hasn't found a way to get over it yet, he's trying he's trying his hardest to basically keep in that sense of everything's fine. And everything's gonna be fine basically the whole that calmness of that like everything's good right now you know he, he, Now his thing is the fact that now he was the damage dealer of the party he did a lot of damage and a lot of turns but the funny thing was the fact that we had him as our tank you know he not a tank he was our damage dealer so he's basically our axe I guess and we a lot of what we did was we a lot of us were magic users as well so imagine the the uh The shock we felt when he ran off into the woods, and my character followed him. When I found him, he had this white glaze over his eyes. And from what my, the what the DM told me, he he said that to my character, it looked like pure hatred, like it was like pure anger, and it looked he was in a trance as well. Next thing you know, he's, his character's beating up my character. And I was like freaking out because I was like, holy shit, I'm going to die. I was like, I should not have followed him. He even told us, don't follow me. But I had to because I was worried about him. So my character was, almost died there. Thankfully, I was able to knock him over a cliff into the water below us. So that way he didn't fucking kill me. His character didn't die either. His character immediately woke up. And basically got out of that trance. It also helped with the fact that my character jumped down there to help him. Because I, as soon as I knocked him over, I realized, I went, Oh, okay, good. It's over. Wait. Shit. And jumped in. <laughs> you see, apparently, the, the reason why this happened was because his backstory was that he had moments... Of uh, blind fury, he used to go into this blind fury, this this white hot anger, basically trance, of where he would kill anything in his path, and it led to him killing his his temple of a, a fellow monks. He then left and ran, and eventually found something that helped calm him down, some medicine, I think, that helped calm him down, but only for a short period of time. It, it basically he had to take, he had to take every now and then, and if he ran out, he wouldn't be able to uh, he wouldn't be able to hold back the anger guess what happened when when I chased him? He ran out of medicine by that point. That's the reason why he didn't want us coming out Because he knew he ran out of medicine and he had to get away from us. So that's what happened. That's the reason why he seems so he seemed full of regret and calmness. Again, it's a fascinating backstory and I applaud him. We eventually got eventually got him to forgive himself. And he eventually gained the sort of respect back. He grieved. He lost us. He... So confident in us help, helping us out <laughs> but but yeah but yeah that's the character that my my friend made and he he, he had fun with it he loved it you know we we love this character because he, he had a lot of fun making it now let's move into to artificers <laughs> now artificers are really really cool i would say uh, if you're into the more steampunky vibe or more of a mechanic or engineer vibe this is what these are uh, artificers are basically uh people who use magic and and technology at the same time they basically they, they take the, they take technology build things and infuse it with magic uh it's really cool it's sort of like um I mind had magic we'd find a way to use both technology and magic instead of just one or the other you know and that's what I like about this, because it, 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 it could have gone full on out like, oh yeah, it's just technology. You don't have access to magic, you can't do any like that, of that kind of stuff. No, it's really thought out of what of what technology would look like in a world full of magic. Like that's just that's just brilliant right there, that right there, and I love it. I love it, like technology based magic because it's kind of cool, you know. Like it's really kind of cool, just uh, seeing this uh, technology-based magic, figure out like how to do this type of stuff. I guess you could say, like how to like infuse weapons with uh, with spells, you know, that base or, or enchantments that basically uh, make you hit harder or swing faster or even or even uh, make you even make your enemies give them a disadvantage. I should say, you know, it's that sort of thing. I love that. It's not like that, depending on the type of uh, artificer, you can can do a lot of things. You can create machines to help you out. You can build giant cannons if you want. You can make potions. And that's pretty cool, honestly, you know? (laughs) So yeah, like, it's pretty cool Knowing that you can do this type of stuff in the fantasy world, these modern day things, you know, this is how a lot of people, this is how a lot of people play. People, how a lot of people play guns, play with guns. When someone wants to play, someone wants to play a character that has a gun. They usually play play an artificer, or at least someone who's good friends with the artificer. <laughs> And say like, oh yeah, I I built like we built this thing, and we spent a while building this thing. We even had you know, you know the, the design, and only I know it kind of thing, you know that kind of stuff. But it's kind of fun, like just thinking about these people who are essentially tinkering. You know, again these people are mostly tinkerers and the most eccentric tinkers. Like they see the possibility of what everything could be, mainly uh, technology wise. And not so much magic-wise, because their magic is, uh, again, basic stuff. But it's but whenever they see something that's machine-based, they will literally want to take it apart and basically just figure out what's inside it. You know, it's like, ooh, oh, oh, how's this work? How's this work? How can I do this? How can I make this better, basically? Or or if it's already really good, how can I replicate this? Like, that's the whole deal. And it's kind of funny. It's, sorry, it's not funny. It's sort of like, it's basically like a giant child. Seeing something for the first time, learning new things, you know? In fact, my mindful body used to have a brother that was an artificer. He made this. Hope. Yeah, it's pretty fun. But yeah, artificers can make a lot of things out of parts, you know? A lot of them, while yes, they do want those, or the those high-end parts, they can get out of any junk, you know, they can make uh, armor, robotic companions, weapons if they want, Th- these are, this is really a support class, I should say, considering the fact that they give, encha- they mainly give enchantments, and they mainly build armor and weapons, they don't fight a lot, and when they, when they do fight, it's usually through something that they built their own, like, again, it's usually a subclass that usually gives them that fighting power. Now, on to the spells. Uh, artifices, sort of like wizards and uh, and a lot of other magic-based people, they get a certain amount of spells but, that they can prepare and use for the rest of the day, but they can also change the spells after a long rest, you know? Uh, sort, of, sort of something like, uh, l- like, if you have a list of spells you want, you can prepare the spells to use for that day, and the next day, you can change the spells to what to what you want to use to what you want to prepare for that day just in case you know uh, but their lists are much more confined than than the wizards you know like a lot of the a lot of the spells are more cantrip based like like weaker spells that sort of uh, sort of help out uh, sort of help out, help out help out sort of help out the party i get more like enchantments really that's sort of what they do again this is all depends on what type of artificer you have you know, like if you have an alchemist, those are people, those are artificers that can make potions, like healing potions or haste. They can make those kind of potions and help the party out, you know, or they can themselves and use it for whatever they want. Uh, they also have uh, artificers who can make cannons, which are pretty cool. The cannons can basically uh, change to be a force cannon or a healing cannon. Again, more or less like it is more or less a uh, supporting class still. Now the races for artificers are are pretty simple. In fact, they're pretty easy to know. You know, uh, I'm not gonna say right now because I'm I'm running out. Of t- I'm running a bit out of time, so I'm gonna say quickly. You got. Uh, I'm gonna say quickly in in line right here. Dwarves, half elves, and uh, etc. Sorry, uh, I'm running low on time. <laughs> but yeah, but that, that's all sort of what they do. You know, that's all sort of what the, that's all sort of what these races can do for you. These races can help with the artifacts so they can, uh, they can basically, like, they're most made to be an artifice if you want. You know, if you want to use this bracelet, then go ahead and do that. Uh, now it's, uh, appearance time. Now, the appearance time, Now appearance for these artifacts are usually more steampunky vibes, you know? They're almost always wearing glasses or goggles if you want. I don't have any goggles on me right now because I don't own goggles. <laughs> I wish I did, but I own glasses. That's how it goes for me. But, no, uh, they more uh, they more own uh some type of uh, like uh, some type of cloak you know so that way they can hold their stuff in those pockets you know i hope many pockets basically be like there we go bam there we go make it and fire no <laughs> but no that's what what they do they they make these things uh, they, they store it on the cloak, you know, and they, they seemingly have make a mess at everything as well While Wizards some keep nice and tidy Artificers are more the grease monkeys, you know, they're more the messy types like the ones that way if you reach if they reach into their pocket They will pull out a piece of paper or a frog or whatever, you know, it doesn't really matter <laughs> So that's the kind of appearance for artificers now story time the story time for this one is a group I'm with hat. We have an artificer and it's about this uh, half of artifice that we have, and she is pretty cool. Like she's this eccentric uh that, that really, believe it or not, does not do enchantments. She doesn't do enchantments, she uses her cannon to fire things and heal us if we need to. Like literally there are moments when when one of us is like getting real low in health and she'll turn to us, fire us with a whole big of uh, healing energy. And to us, it doesn't look like healing energy. It looks like she's firing at us with, with a cannonball. No, well, you know, it's, it's basically like... <laughs> I feel better. Hmm. But no. <laughs> but no, it just... It's sort of like that. Like, like you don't f- get this feeling of health from that for some reason. And it's we make jokes about that all the time. It's funny. She also has this, like, little automaton squirrel that she got... And that she made, I should say. Uh, and it is the cutest thing ever. Like, she uses it as a familiar. That's her. Fam- that's what she calls her familiar. Basically, she calls it familiar. It's not... It's also part of a boon that the DM gave her. Basically, it's a. It's a, just this little mechanical score that she can use to see and hear through, but it's also like, again, it's mechanical, she, she literally tweaks it every now and then, like, if you catch her in the morning, you can see her, like, working on the squirrel, like, fixing it, and it's weird to see that, because my character literally walked in on them, and she was fixing the squirrel, I was like, oh my god, did you kill a squirrel? And she's like, no, no, see, it's robotic. Because it looks so life-like. It, it looks alive, so like the way it moved. My character literally thought the squirrel would die to her. Like she, He literally thought that she killed the squirrel. But she didn't. She made it. It's fine. It literally got back up and ran across her arm onto her shoulder. And looked at me with with, with a cute look. It was, it was a pretty funny time, really. Uh, but no, she's just also this eccentric, funny person. Like, Again, she's always building something. She she's uh, she's very eccentric. Like she wants to help people, but she also does it in her own kind of crazy way. Like like she's crazy nice. I should say. Like she acts crazy eccentric, but she also acts in a nice way to where she doesn't really hurt anyone. And that's sort of fun. That's sort of fun with it. You know, the fact that she also kind of fell in love with a sucky also helps a lot. But that story for another time (laughs) when we get to uh that race at some point probably talk about those things we'll we'll talk about that story uh but no guys that's going to be it for this video uh but yeah i hope you guys have a wonderful day i will see you guys next time okay bye guys say bye my player he says bye bye Hey, hope you enjoyed this episode of Dini Talk. If you want to catch the episode earlier and in video form, then go check on YouTube. There you can see me being a big dumb oaf and actually trying my best to be a presentable on camera, even though I'm not that great at it. You can also see me playing video games as well as talk about D. you guys will continue supporting us then please please rate this podcast and actually write a review for us that way we can take consideration and improve in the future as well as have other people come listen to us anyway thanks for listening see you next time